Well, Fred, hey, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today. Uh, we've, it's been a while since we've last talked, and I, I got to say that it has been a crazy year, to say the least. Oh my gosh, has it ever been? Um, <laughs> this has been a roller coaster of a of a year of a season for anybody in the uh, in the snow uh, and the landscape and lawn care uh, space. It's just been amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, in the past, usually the biggest concerns were kind of how uh, fickle clients and, um, and 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 bad weather, uh, whether it was um, you know on the landscape or on the snow side. Uh, this year, they had a global pandemic to uh, contend with. Uh, what do you when you look back on this last year and and when with working with your clients, what have been some of the hard lessons that have come out of? Uh, trying to manage through the pandemic in the you know in the snow industry and in the landscape industry, and, and maybe on the, on the same side, what have been some of the positive lessons that have come out of this? Okay, well, uh, let me talk about the roller coaster first. Mm-hmm. I mean, we 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 came out of 2020 and uh, in the you know in the fall of 2020 as we started planning or of 19, we started planning for 2020. We thought it was going to be a pretty good year. Uh, 2019 was a was a solid year, um, good growth across the board, and you know as we entered into the year, um, nothing had changed those thought processes, and uh, so budgets and forecasts were strong, and uh, you know everybody's just worrying about are we going to have enough staff to to do the work, which has been the perennial problem here lately, and um, then all of a sudden uh, it's February, and here comes the pandemic. So all of a sudden, everybody was, oh, my gosh, how's this going to affect us? What's this going to do to my plan? What's this going to do to my business? Um, And it didn't matter whether you're landscape, lawn care or snow. Um, I mean, snow things were fixed and they're weather dependent at that point. uh, So they kind of rolled forward. But, um, you know, so we spent February and March uh, establishing, you know, what does it mean to be essential? Uh, and then how do I social distance and how do I, you know, sanitize my, my workspaces and how do I space the people out and, you know, how many people can I, you know, and and it was affecting snow contractors on, on the shoveling crews and things like that, where typically people are fairly close together in individual plow operations. It was, you know, had minimal impact on that because it's generally one man, one truck. Mm -hmm. So, but, you know, on the landscape cruises, the early, uh, southern regions started their spring cleanups and their activity and things of that nature. It's what the heck are we going to do? How are we going to do it? Are we going to be able to do it? You know, um, you know, my Michigan, you know, oh my gosh, you know, we're shut down. Uh, most every place else, uh, there were things that established us as, as primarily essential. So we were very fortunate that early on that was established. Uh, there were some weird spots, you know, Michigan being one, Wisconsin uh, was kind of goofy for a while. Uh, Southern California, here's an interesting one from Southern California. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't affect the snow contractors, but it's, it's, it's pervasive of how some of these areas lack. I got a, a memo from a client who, who, I mean, he was shared with me a memo from his county. And it said that landscape maintenance operations are not considered essential unless way that where they are considered essential. <laughs> and that was all he had to go on. So, right. I mean, he was, do I shut down? Do I work? I said, work until they tell you not to. You know, right, but, right. Uh, it was, you know, the governments were all just all over the place. And then, you know, then we moved into 
April, and then all my focus was helping people figure out what the PPP meant, and you know, are we going to be able to get that? And you know, the major distraction through the spring startup for lawn care and landscape uh, companies, and uh, also you know, as things were winding down for the snow industry, you know, dealing with all of that on top of you know billing and collecting, which is the normal. Mm-hmm. focus in March and April. Am I going to get paid for the snow work I did um, this winter? You know, because that's when people start to slow down on their payment cycles. Sure. You know, when it looks like it's not going to snow anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, so so we had, you know, things were normal, but all the normal things were happening. But layered on top of that was, you know, the the pandemic. And then all of a sudden in May, late May and June, it started to flavor the conversations, you know, in my peer groups and in my one-on-one coaching, the flavor started to say, hey, we're okay. You know, we're busy. This is looking like a normal spring with, you know, exceptions of, you know, the social distancing and all that stuff. But by by that time, everybody had kind of figured out what was working and what wasn't working and had, had adapted to that. Um, you know, we were focused on efficiencies for a while there because that the social distancing and the sanitation impacted significantly on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all of a sudden, we're looking at you know what's our backlog for for uh, landscape installation or project work or enhancement work. We're booked till August. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are we doing? You know, maintenance. What do we do on retention? Solid. Um, you know, good. And all of a sudden, the numbers started looking like we expected them to look. Uh, with that. And then as we rolled into the, the latter part of the year, everybody said, wow, you know, 2020 turned out to be pretty much what we forecast, a pretty darn good year uh, for our operations. Um, so, you know, but what a roller coaster ride, you know, we're at the top in January, we're plunging in February and March, uh, we all of a sudden bottom out in May and June, and we start you know, start climbing the hill again. And now we're, and we've stayed pretty high for the rest of the year. And this is true probably of about 95% of my clientele, whether it relates to tree care, lawn care, landscape, and of course, the mm-hmm. lawn care and landscape and tree care folks that do snow services mm-hmm. uh, with that. And then as we've gone into the fall, uh, I've been hearing anecdotally and also seeing uh, uh, you know, pretty good retention rates uh, with the snow business. Uh, not a lot of volatility there uh, that we would expect. And 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 property managers, because of you know their concern about stability and their contractor work, you know their contractor sources. Uh, it seemed like people were 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 um, signing their contracts and doing their renewals uh, a little quicker and a little earlier. Yeah. Uh, this year. And, you know, basically the property managers were looking for stability and trying to make sure there was stability uh, in their in their in their service, uh, in their contractor mix. Mm-hmm. So um, so we've seen that and we've seen as we've gone into the fall, uh, price increases have been um, have been. Uh, have been pushed back a little bit with again because property man- commercial property managers are uncertain mm-hmm. uh, about what's going to happen to them because mm-hmm. remote working is going to impact you know th- that client group of ours right uh, over the next few years we got to adapt to that so they're they're wanting to have stability they're wanting to have predictability so they're not wanting a lot of heavy price increases they're they're pushing back on that they're accepting small ones but they're really wanting to get everything nailed down for 2021 in that regard. So most of my clients were fully renewed and almost 
fully booked um, by, gosh, late, you know, in October. Mm-hmm. You know, and there weren't a lot of strag. You know, usually a lot of times there's stragglers going into November and December. Uh, you know, property managers push it out till you know the last possible minute to make a decision. And we didn't see a lot of that this year mm-hmm. um, that I've seen. I've reported on. I'm sure it's happened in a few areas. It always does, but I've not seen it. Uh, and I work with about you know currently I'm working with about 35 companies in uh, in 27 states. And a lot of that's in the the uh, the upper Midwest and the Northeast. With that, so fascinating year. I won't forget it. Uh, this is the you know this is uh, you know I thought after the two thousand eight two thousand nine downturn that I'd you know in my forty year plus career that I'd pretty much seen the worst Everything. that could happen, yeah. and uh, I was wrong. I was absolutely wrong. Uh, and and Lord knows you know I probably have about a ten year window yet uh, before I hang it up and uh, what the heck's going to be what's going to top this one so. well you know it, it's interesting that you you talked about um, you know the, the, the worst what do you see as some of the positives that come out of this how have this how has this experience changed um, business owners perspectives on how they manage their operations or how they approach you know even challenges um, and and how do how can they take away from this, you know, uh, positive uh, message, excuse me, positive messages and, um, and ways to improve the business? Well, I think, you know, several, several areas. One is, I think it was very gratifying for most of us to realize and establish uh, on, on a much more firmer platform that we're an essential business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we provide essential services to our clients and, um, and they realize that as well as we do and i think that was kind of an epiphany for a few people you know think we're that we are um you know pretty much a disposable income service on the residential side on the commercial side you know we uh, we fulfill a fulfill us you know a niche for them but it's not you know it's not uh the end all and be all and guess what we're we're pretty darn essential and that's been kind of a really nice revelation for us as an industry. I think it's it's put us up another notch in in our own self images of how we look mm-hmm. in that regard. So that was a big plus. Um, another thing I think that I a lot of my clients and a lot of people I talk to around the industry have discovered that that they are they can be responsive in a crisis. You know, it tested themselves, it tested them as leaders, it tested their leadership teams if you're a little bit bigger company. Um, and guess what? We did pretty well. I mean, we had some doubts, we had some fears, you know, and went through a lot of that, the roller coaster ride that I described earlier. But for the most part, you know, people responded um, and, uh, and their teams responded to them. And so I think it increases our, our thought processes about ourselves as being, you know, we're better than we thought we were. Because mm-hmm. we were able to, uh, you know, to to react positively in that, and we didn't have all the answers right at the beginning, but we were the ones that were really transparent with their people and saying, you know, we're in this together. We're trying to figure this out, and and we're going to work together to make sure that we stay on track. You know, those teams, those organizations uh, performed pretty well, and those were the ones that performed the quickest. Mm-hmm. you know, out of the gate on that. So I think we just, some, some of my clients discovered that they're better leaders than they thought they were uh, Great. on that in a crisis. Uh, and, you know, selfishly from my standpoint, uh, it established that consultants are pretty handy to have around 
when you're in a pinch. Uh, and, uh, you know, so because I typically in April and May, you know, my work kind of slows down a little bit because everybody's in, immensed in the spring. In, in the spring rush, yeah. the startup and the, you know, uh, they're not really, they're only calling me with emergencies. Well, this was the busiest spring I've had since I was actively in production. Oh, wow. Uh, work. So, uh, so, you know, that was gratifying for me is that they recognized that they can't, they couldn't do it by themselves. And they were very appreciative of the help and assistance that, that I was able to grant for them and some of my, and my, uh, my partners as well. So, uh, so that was kind of, and, and again, you know, through a bad time, you can still do well, mm-hmm. you know, and if you're if you're nimble and you keep your ear to the ground. And I think the final thing is a lot of people learned a lot about the strengths and in some cases, the weaknesses of their direct subordinates, their their leadership teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found out, you know, who rose to the occasion and who couldn't handle the challenge uh, in that regard, and so there, there's been some realignment mm-hmm. uh, uh, in that. That this has, you know, because when you're pushed uh, to the edge, you you find out who your best people are, uh, and you find out that there's a few outliers that really, in a pinch, can't. What's the old phrase for me? Cut the mustard. Oh right. And, um, you know, so there's been some shifting around and realignment and. Uh, in that and you know it's you know what's there's an old line from a movie that says a little revolutionary or little revolution now and again is a healthy thing and <laughs> yeah. i think uh you know uh, some of the some of the teams got shaken up a little bit and we found that we had some people that we that we hadn't thought of that were truly leaders uh and some people that we thought were leaders that yeah weren't really uh, as far along as we thought they would be so and so the teams now I think are much improved and and better focused and better and better functioning. So um, interesting, interesting year all the way around. Um, mm-hmm. You know, well, the downs. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, was I was gonna, gonna say, say that. <laughs> one of the downsides has been, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot, is the labor situation. Mm-hmm. Now we've been talking about labor forever in our industry. It was you know it was one of those things that was you know. Uh, always a always somewhat problematic um, you know and it was kind of a chronic issue and over the last oh eight to ten years it, it's progressively gotten to an acute phase of, of problem and uh, you know the initial thought is you think that when there's a massive amount of unemployment going on and a massive amount of unemployment at entry-level workers like restaurant workers things of that nature right. uh, the, 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 the businesses that got shut down on a massive level nationwide that we would have no trouble finding people and uh, but I've been saying for several years now that uh, you know there's been a sea change in our society mm-hmm. Uh, and we're, we saw it with the millennials. Uh, we're seeing it certainly with the Generation Z as they come into the workforce. And they're the, you know, they're the early part of the workforce now that people have fundamentally changed how they look at careers and how they look at work, um, you know, with the gig economy mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and, and even in the in the universities, the, the focus on other other levels of expertise and things of that nature. You know, I've been saying for a while now that it wasn't just because the economy ex- exploded, it's because the the society has changed. Okay. And it's harder to find those workers because those 
workers don't recognize us as an outlet. And with all these people sitting out on the street, Mm -hmm. everybody had about the same problems finding people that they had before. It just kind of validated for me that what I've been saying has was right and that we really have to up our game. Um, if there's with all these people out on the street, they still weren't knocking on our doors. I mean, this, it was just, we saw a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. But boy, as soon as the restaurants opened up, as soon as the hair salons opened up, boom. The few that we captured went right back uh, to their, their other routines. Uh, and uh, so we need to really up our game and i'm when i talk about business planning and sales and market plans and all of those things um we need to have everybody in our industry needs to have a people plan and be looking at those kind of things and if you remember i wrote an article mm-hmm. a series uh, last year about you know having a people plan and these things and uh you know everybody should go back and reread those because uh it that's mm-hmm. been the fundamental thing that really kind of brought home to me labor is labor is a permanent problem for us and we can't uh just expect it to change we have to change how we think and how we operate the uh because society has has moved on uh from you know outdoor seasonal work things of that nature i mean we've seen it changing ever since you know i mean if you look at it you can you can plot it on a graph uh, it started significantly changing with uh, with a smartphone. You know mm-hmm. that has fundamentally changed our society in many ways, some good, some bad, but it has affected <laughs> us significantly. And that was validated this year with mm-hmm. all those people unemployed, and and we still had problems finding people. Well, how could they? How can business owners begin to better sell their um, their their industries? You know, so to speak. Um, yeah, my guess is that it's going to have to start with showing people that there are career opportunities available in you know snow and landscape in these sort of service-based industries. My guess is that the biggest misconception is with people is that these are dead-end jobs, that there's no room for advancement or leadership opportunities or, or even... Uh, in addressing the generational needs that they are that these are jobs that can in that involve creative thinking and um, and uh, team building and and all those things that the younger generations seem to thrive on yeah I, I mean it really it, it starts in one fundamental place culture mm-hmm. um, and we need to focus uh, individual organizations need to look at themselves and determine what is our culture you know is everybody has a culture question is is your culture a good one or a bad one um and so the fundamental thing is we need to look inside you know kind of contemplate our navels a bit and um see you know what kind of organization are we uh is this a good place to work are we attracting the right people and keeping the right people because they like being here and there's a lot of work to do in those areas, but there's a lot of things that can be done mm-hmm. on that. Um, you know, it's just, you know, I, I, for, for years, we, I heard, I've heard people say, you know, well, I can't use these kids or those kids because they're not here all year. They're not available, you know, seven days a week or five days a week. And, and you know, we need to be flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to start thinking that there's, there's a certain 
group of people out there that want to work three days a week. Um, you know, that's okay. Uh, and I've seen, I've seen some of my clients that have, you know, that say, say a company that works four tens, mm-hmm. uh, in that, in the, in the, in those environments. Well, they've got now th- three more days that they can utilize to work on equipment and do some other things, but they could also take that same equipment and field a weekend crew or field, a, you know, an alternate crew around that basis. And I've got a couple clients that have experimented with that and it's worked out for them. So, you know, they, they have a crew that works Monday through Thursday, four tens, they work on the equipment Friday, but then they have crews that are only available on people that only want to work on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have a crew that comes in and, and, and runs on a Saturday and a Sunday doing commercial work or work that, you know, is, is appropriate for, you know, weekend types of things. And, you know, 10 years ago, nobody would even consider that because it was right. such a distraction, right. you know, and so complicated. Well, guess what? We need to be flexible and create work schedules that represent flex time. Mm-hmm. We need to do that with salespeople. We need to do that with office people. We need to understand what it work, what remote working uh, can, be, how that can benefit us, how we can work, operate on it. But all these, all these things that are new and kind of different we need to find a way to embrace and say, this is part of the game going forward. It's not just, you know, everybody shows up Monday morning and they work every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they show up all show up at the same time and they work till the same time. And, mm-hmm. you know, that only takes care maybe of, you know, maybe uh, 60 or 70% of your needs. You have to get creative now to fulfill the other you know, 25 or 30 percent of mm-hmm. your of your needs or the availability of workforce. Yeah. So, you know, I, and um, I think that is a, a been a, a fundamental challenge with business owners. And maybe it will change as a new generation of owners maybe starts to to come of age. But I, I think there's still an old school um attitude pervasive in not only our industries but a lot of industries that like you said uh you show up at eight you work till five you get your 20 minute break in the morning your 20 minute break in the afternoon you get a half hour at lunch and you know you know what i mean like i i think that you're right i have to agree with you that we need to examine what the work day model and the work week model really is because, you know, interestingly enough, guess what? Our clients are flexible about when we do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of them, it doesn't matter. A lot of them doing it at alternative times of the week is actually beneficial. Um, you know, large office complexes and things like that um, are pretty vacant on the weekends. Um, you know, you know, some of these large employee base that have, you know, large extensive landscapes that guess what? surround the parking areas and parking lots and things of that nature so you know those can jobs can be serviced at a different time um you know retail facilities can be done early in the week because they tend to be you know we need to look at the at who our clients are what they do and when they're busy and when they're not and when we can do that and then you know build that flexible schedule around that and then that's going to allow us to attract uh, workers or, you know, team folks that are 
that we can adapt around on that. So, but again, that's a major change for the old school folks. Um, and even some of the younger uh, owners that I've seen, because a lot of owners that come up that are young, that are motivated and have that work ethic have come from old school environments. Mm-hmm. So even they struggle a little bit with that, but I, they, they are typically the ones that are the mo the, that, that once this thought process presented to them, they're the ones that can adapt more quickly. But even they struggle with that because of where they came from. Right, right. Uh, in that uh, regard. But we've got to look at the world in it, in, in, through a different set of lenses and say what worked when we were coming up doesn't work anymore. You know, onboarding, uh, creating that culture, creating that thing, and then sharing stories about the successes that people are having in their careers. We're not good at talking about how well account managers can mm-hmm. do, how well production managers can do, how well branch managers can do. Um, and it's funny because I think part of it is, well, we don't want to broadcast how much we pay these people because <laughs> everybody will want, you know, it's like, no, excuse me, time out. You have to start broadcasting that because that's fundamentally going to take people and say, oh, wow, I had no idea that you could do that well. Right. Uh, in the landscape industry. I just thought it was a bunch of guys running around a pickup truck um, or a dump truck, you know, pushing a, a mower or truck or pushing, you know, pushing snow or that it's all a bunch of laborers. There's no, you know, and, and yeah, there's a few owners, but I mean, I'll talk to people every once in a while that meet me that ask me what I do. And they're astonished at the size of our industry and the size that the companies have gotten to. Because mm-hmm. we don't, tell our story uh very well in that regard and we need to learn to do you know on our websites uh out in social media things of that nature we have a story to tell and it's going untold Mm -hmm. uh, with that so you know it's you know there's a lot of work to do but you know first the first thing is you have to realize that what you're doing today you know ain't working and we got to do something different. So I'm going to ask you to um, uh, take a peek into your crystal ball here for a moment. And can you identify what some of the new challenges of 2021 are going to be? Um, you know, I know we seem to be at least, you know, a knock on wood on this, that we're hopefully round in the corner on the pandemic. Um, what do you see entering 2021 to be um, the new challenges we should be prepared for? Well, um, back in September and October, when we started talking about planning and forecasting uh, and then subsequently budgeting for 2021, I told everybody that because the political situation was so uncertain mm-hmm. and we didn't know how things were going to imp- how turn out, you know, and guess what? We still don't for sure. Mm-hmm. Um that you better have a plan A and a plan B. Uh, And I would say the plan A is we're going to have a normal year. We're going to progress along just like 19 did, just how 20 turned out to be, uh, that we're going to have a a decent year and everything's going to be fine. But I would say also have a plan B that says uh, we're going to have either some social unrest or some significant economic 
adjustments uh, to, to, you know, to the structural vitality of the economy that could affect us uh, and, and put us into a, you know, I think a mild recessionary cycle mm-hmm. on that. So be prepared, be flexible, and, and don't just assume everything's going to be rosy because we got through 20 better than we thought we would right on that so i was kind of so you know i think you know let's have a plan a and a plan b and a plan you know and and, if, and we'll know pretty well by early late in the first quarter early in the second quarter you know how it's going to be and and be prepared if it's to go to adjust make those adjustments one way or the other on that don't just assume uh with that so keep your eyes and you know and it's for a for a commercial operation you know snow or landscape you're looking at at building permits, you know, construction activity, but you're also really looking at the uh, the property management industry mm-hmm. and seeing how things are going to relate. Because over the next year to three years, with this remote work concept, uh, there's going to be a bit of a change in some of the facilities that we manage now uh, are going to push more to remote workforce. They're going to be try to get out of some uh, leases of large facilities. Um, there's going to be some modification and adjustment that takes place. Uh, I think for the most part, we're going to return more to normal than not, but mm-hmm. there's going to be some organizations that say, all our people can work remotely. We don't need these massive facilities. Uh, so, so pay attention to what your property manager clients are saying. Uh, with that and start to ask them what they're forecasting because you, you know we have good relationships with them we can ask those questions you know on the construction side again it's building permits housing permits things of that nature that market seems to be fairly strong right now but as we learned in 2008 it can turn on a dime right so again you know be paying attention to those macro uh, economic things that are going on we, we, we need to be reading the tea leaves mm-hmm. much closer, you know, whether you're in the commercial business or residential business or, you know, things of that nature. Talk to your clients, do more surveys, ask them more things and, and project what they're saying into your future plans. We need to get closer, you know, with culture, we need to be closer to our client, our employees. Uh, with what's going on in the world today, we need to be closer to our our uh, clients and find out what makes what changes are happening in their world so then we can start seeing things out you know 60 90 180 days out instead of just kind of rolling with it on that so the work of an owner guess what (laughs) it's getting harder it's Mm -hmm. getting more difficult and building those teams around you to help you with those kind of things are uh, is a critical path item